Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Since the Ken Carmen Show on CBS Sports Radio, 855-2124-CBS, 855-2124-227. Send the tweets, send the hot takes, at Ken Carmen C-A-R-M-A-N. I'm a little bit sad today. I got a lot of people angry at me. I didn't mean to make you angry. I didn't say you were bad people. Billy, are you a Mets fan or a uh, Yankees fan? Mets, Ken, Mets. Okay, I don't know if you heard me on the way in. I got a lot of people upset because of what I said about Derek Jeter. I go, listen, he's one of my most hated players growing up, and the reason he's one of my most hated players growing up is that I'm not jealous of his greatness. I know he's great. I didn't say he was overrated. He's not overrated. He was an amazing player, and he's a first bout Hall of Famer, and he deserved to be. He was clutch in some of the biggest moments that you could possibly find. He's a great player. I got nothing against him. I just hated his personality or lack thereof. I think cardboard signs, cardboard cutouts at the baseball stadiums now have more personality than Derek Jeter ever had. And I had plenty of people getting it and yelling at me, but Ken, he played on the Yankees. So what? That didn't give him a personality. But Ken, he played with guys who had great personality, but he didn't have a good personality in his own right. Every single day was the same can answer. Derek, what do you think of Joe Torre? Well, he's a good manager, and I hope we get him tomorrow. Win. Well, it's a good win, and we hope we get him tomorrow. Loss. Well, it was a tough loss, but we hope we get him tomorrow. Think about all the crazy things that all the other Yankees did. Can I get one soundbite out of Derek Jeter? Hell no. Yeah, he's the captain, and he's all the other things. That I'm not upset about. I'm not even upset about it. But if I'm just going off of what I saw, boring. Bored me to tears. Great player. Totally great player. Will not deny that. I respect him. I do respect him. Not much as an owner, but as a player, I respect him. Totally. Completely respect. People calling me up, but Ken, and this got wilder, but Ken, don't you remember he dated models and then he used to send them home with gift back baskets. Great. He did exactly what every other Major League Baseball player has ever done in the history of Major League Baseball. Ken, he dated a lot of women. And he had a lot of one-night stands. <gasps> a Major League Baseball player did that? Wow. He's so interesting. Unbelievable. You're telling me a Major League Baseball player did that? Unreal. 855-2124-CBS. So it's been a hell of a show so far. It's been a hell of a show. Talk some people into expanding the playoffs. I love a possibility of an expanded playoffs. I think it'd be a fantastic thing for everybody involved. I I, I want to do the litmus test someday. 
walking down the street. Give me Patrick Mahomes. Give me Mike Trout walking down the street. And I think when I put Derek Jeter into this mix just historically, I think that this is case in point. Mike Trout plays for a team that hasn't been very competitive over the last few seasons. Mike Trout has a very limited postseason experience. Mike Trout has not had a whole lot of cameras on him because, one, he does play on the West Coast, and even though it's in a tremendously huge market, one of the biggest markets, the second biggest market in the country, that means it's one of the biggest markets in the world, because it's in a tremendously huge market, he usually doesn't start games until 10 p.m. Eastern. A lot of people are in bed, and I I mean no offense to the fine folks who are waking up at 8 o'clock over there on the West Coast, but it's just a different atmosphere. So you've already shut off half the country. So they don't get to see him. Plus, he hasn't been on a very successful team. So when I look at a guy like Derek Jeter, and this is the perfect example, when I look at a guy like Derek Jeter, I can say, Derek Jeter doesn't really have a whole lot that really gets me going. Doesn't really get anybody hot in the shorts and want to hear any more Derek Jeter. But Derek Jeter played on the biggest team at the biggest time, had the biggest moments, and has been able to reap the rewards of that for the rest of his life. And again, that's no disrespect. Everything I say about Derek Jeter is no disrespect to him as a player. This proves the point. If Mike Trout, who's basically the same way to me, is the Wizard of Oz hiding behind the curtain of professional sports. I don't want to be in commercials. No, no. I don't want to be a guy who you guys put up on billboards. No, no. I don't want to be in the All-Star, or the All-Star game. I don't want to play in there. I don't want to be in the home run derby or anything like that. Oh, no, 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 no. No, I don't want to do that. Okay. Great. You're the best player, and we can't even put you out there. We can't even make a star out of you. The playoffs make stars out of you whether you like it or not. So I need to put a guy like Mike Trout, who by the time this is all said and done, could be the best player to ever play the game. Could be. Not yet, but could be. I need to get him in the postseason. I'm not trying to shoehorn him in. I'm not trying to say get him in in a place he doesn't deserve. But why don't we expand the playoffs permanently, not just this year. Give me one more team. Give me one more team. The Angels have proven they'll spend money on just about anybody. They'll try to go after a lot of people. Give me one more team that can go in the postseason, I think you're going to be in a hell of a spot. You have a chance to get Mike Trout in there. You have a chance to put him in front of eyeballs that people love to watch postseason baseball. You have a chance to get him out there and and make big plays, do big things, and make people love him because even though I say what I say about Mike Trout, he's boring. He is a good person. The love he has of his family, I'll never take that away. I'm just bored, but I want to see more of him. And I got a chance to tell those stories if he's in the postseason. Playing in primetime Fox or TBS games, I get a chance to tell his story. I get a chance to get him up there at the plate with two runners on and, and two out, and he he's down by two, and they got to get one going, and he hits a huge home run, and they got the rally towels going out there in Anaheim, and they're up by one, and he did it in the bottom of the seventh inning, and it ends up sending the Angels to the next round of the postseason. And now we're telling a story of such legendary status that we can continue to tell, and now he becomes a player of folklore. Now I take his boredom now I take his silence and I turn it into something different because he's playing in big moments and he doesn't even want to talk to you about it he's the Eddie Vedder of professional baseball I can make him a star I can do that just give me one more postseason game give me one more postseason game where I take Mike Trout 
and I make him a recognizable face that people want to be into. Because right now, I see Mike Trout, who could be the best of this generation and could be the best to ever do it. I see Patrick Mahomes, could be the best of this generation and the best to ever do it. If I march these guys down the street together, more people are definitely going to recognize Patrick Mahomes than they do Mike Trout. And both could be the best to play their positions by the time they're all done. One guy has postseason success already, the other guy doesn't. The problem with that is one guy plays in one of the biggest markets in the world. The other guy plays in Kansas City, Missouri. I've been to Kansas City. It's a wonderful city. It's an underrated city. It's not L.A. That guy's more recognizable. You need more stars. I don't think people are bored by baseball. I don't think baseball's dying I think baseball goes after the wrong things. I think they try to solve the wrong problems. I blame Manfred for that. I blame a host of others for that. You got stars. You have people who have great personalities in baseball. You have villains. People hate Bryce Harper, even though he's not really holding up his end of the bargain over the last couple of years. You got intrigue. You got people that that want to be seen. Put them out there. Give me one more postseason game, please. One more. One more series to get dramatic, to have storytelling. Maybe there's a back and forth between the pitcher and the, and the hitter. Maybe they historically don't like each other. Maybe they, they went to rival colleges. Maybe they were roommates in college and they didn't like each other. Who the hell knows? Give me something. Because people love postseason baseball, and they love postseason baseball for the reasons they say they don't like regular season baseball. Well, all we do is sit around and we're bored and nothing ever happens. And then when you watch postseason baseball, well, we sit around and we're anticipating because nothing's happened yet, but we know something big's about to happen. Mike Trout can be one of those people who do it. And the other part of it is, is it makes it so it makes so much more sense to me for mid-market teams for small market teams. How many people, and I wish I could say show of hands, how many people driving around are a fan of a team where you think your owner's just a tremendous cheap ass and he's never going to get his head out of his you-know-where and he's always going to go the cheap route and he's never going to trade for the big players, never going to make the big splash, and we're just waiting until our favorite player ends up going to a different market. We just feel like we're a triple-A status for one of the big markets out there, or what makes it even worse is that we might have that player and he might get signed by one of the other teams that are willing to go for the gusto, like with what happened with Manny Machado where he got signed in San Diego to a great big contract. And I can try to give you a bunch of reasons why that won't work, and a lot of them would be true. Because just because you spend money, it's been shown in baseball here certainly over the last 20 years, just because you spend the most money doesn't mean you're going to win every single year. That's part of the fun of it. But it does play with your psyche and it does play with your head. Now if I add that extra postseason team, say you're one of those bubble teams at the end of July, all the rumors are going around, well, you can hold your owner's feet to the fire and say, you need to make this move. We have a chance to do something special. In the one sport where flukes can happen, that change the course of its history, where it's as hard as anything to win a championship because those flukes can happen, you could be the beneficiary of that. Or you could put yourself in the best position to guard against those flukes. You could be a team that buys instead of sells. You could be the team that gets them to go for the gusto. And it's better for your gate because now in late July, when a lot of these other markets who also have professional football teams, when they decide to go watch football because, you know, everything's equitable and they have a salary cap, and and, and if you're in Kansas City, Missouri, you assume a guy like Patrick Mahomes is going to play the rest of his career with you. When you're in Baltimore, Maryland, you assume a guy like Lamar Jackson is going to play the rest of his career with you. 
where you don't get that in baseball, now you have a chance to buy. And those people will reward you. Those sports fans at least should reward you with their attention and ultimately with their TV ratings and ultimately with their gate and ultimately with their dollars. I'm not trying to bastardize baseball. I'm not trying to do any of that silly stuff. I don't want to do robot umpires. I don't want to do that stuff. I kind of do like a universal DH, but you know what? I hear you National League folks out there, and my buddy Andrew Filipponi, i got to give him credit, even though I hate to do so, what he brought up about a DH is is true. And there are less, less regular old-style DHs where that is all they do. There's less of those guys out there. But it does hurt the pocketbook, especially for a mid-market NL team. It really does. I can't, har- I can't argue that as much as I want to. I'm not trying to bastardize the sport. I'm not trying to make it a clown show. I love baseball. It took me as angry as I was over this entire negotiation process and calling out the players and calling out the owners and that stupid hashtag anytime, anywhere, or wherever they were saying, name the place or meet me out back at 3 o'clock or whatever the hell they were hashtagging. It took me a half an inning of a scrimmage game. I'm based in Northeast Ohio. I'm right here from Cleveland, Ohio, and I watched the Indians and I watched the Pirates in their first game. It took me a half an inning. Didn't even take that long. I was so happy to see baseball. I was so happy to see live sports. For all the, I'm so mad at the players. These cheap bastards and these owners, and they're fighting again. took me a half an inning. I knew it was overrated. I told you I was overrated on that. On that, on that emotion and on that thought then, and, and it was proven just a week ago. And I'm all in again. Want to see more baseball tonight? Want to continue to see more baseball throughout the rest of the summer and into the fall? I'm getting ready for a great, great fall, folks. I'm looking forward to this. I'm hoping it's going to go off without a hitch. I wish we could get away a college football plan. I'm concerned about that. But it looks like the big boys are going to play in the NFL. looks like the big boys are going to play in Major League Baseball. The NBA is setting the tone for everybody over here. I'm going to end up getting my sports like I like my dinner, binged. It's going to be wonderful. And I hope you go with me on that. But for the future of baseball... If I can't get a salary floor and a salary cap, which probably is still, even though Matt Snyder agrees with me from CBS Sports, for the future of baseball, boy, I'd love to see just one more, one more postseason game. One more story, one more legend, one more build of a legend, where then someday I could look at it and go, you know, Mike Trout, God, he was so boring. He never wanted to talk to the media. He never wanted to give any sort of big speech out there. He never wanted to have any fun. I never saw him on TV, but, man, did he hit in that series. My God, was he amazing in that series. The defensive play he made to rob two runs coming in in the NLCS because they, they got a chance. They were that extra wild card team, and then he caught fire, and the rest of the team caught fire, and away they go. I'd love the chance to tell that story. But until then, more people are going to recognize Patrick Mahomes than they are about the best player on the face of the earth in Major League Baseball. Arguably, we got a couple of people calling in about Christian Yelich and a couple of other people, and I get that. 855-2124-CBS, 855-2124-227. Coming up next, we got our top five. Top five non-sports video games, courtesy of Billy Jack. Did a wonderful job on that. Thought I got mine. And you know what? I looked at the stats. They're borderline Hall of Fame. The accolades are Hall of Fame. But I don't think he's getting in based on the gatekeepers. Who it is, I'll tell you. It's Ken Carmen on CBS Sports Radio.
855-212-4CBS. Real quick before we do the top five. Tom Thibodeau went to the Knicks, huh? That's what happened. Oh, that's the last stop before the official end of his career. I'm sure that'll go swimmingly. Are you a Knicks fan, Billy? Think about what you just Wait. said. Wait, oh my God, you're a total Nets fan. Sorry, total brain fart. <laughs> you are a Nets fan. Total brain fart. Good God. Oh, well, man. Congratulations to Tom Thibodeau on his paycheck. Because <clears throat> he ain't going to win anything there. So, anyway, are we ready to do the top five? I, I certainly am. All righty, here we go. Now, your top five, you gave it to me. Now, I have a couple of questions I have to ask to clarify some things. You said top five non-sports video games ever. Yes. To us. Yes. What about racing? Um, No, I'm talking about, like, story like you know, like story okay, games. Okay, so racing doesn't count. So I oh wait a minute, wait a minute. Like because Mario Kart, I wanted to put on my list. I no, can't. No, no, put... that does, no, that's not. No, Ken, come on, that's not. Well, what? No, that's on my list too. That's a story. Toad Princess. I I love that game. Wario, Wario. So, you know, so I always wondered how guys could win with uh what Bowser. Bowser sucked. He was slow. Don't Toad he... was always the one I went with. Who'd you go with? Uh, uh, Yoshi. Yoshi. I was a big Yoshi guy. He used to make the, like those noises. <laughs> Did you ever do it in college, Billy, where you used to do the, the whole drunk driving thing, get all drunk and play Mario Kart? Of course. Who doesn't yeah. do that? Oh, boy, that was fun. Those were good times. All right. I might just ask top five people. Who's the person you use with Mario Kart? Okay, so Mario Kart. So is Mario Kart in the list or out of the list? Can I include him? Absolutely. Absolutely, you. I think. Okay, well, that's that's going to change some things. That's going to change some things. Yeah, M- Mario Kart has to be in there. Okay. Also, it's funny you say Mario instead of Mario. Um, I on my list of almost made it. I wanted to put Road Rash in, but that's kind of a sports game. It's competition. Uh, so Road Rash should have been in there, but not. Driver. I loved the game Driver. Underrated PlayStation game. Driver was very very good. I think it was the precursor to GTA. But, Billy, you give your top five first, then I'll give my top five. Go in ascending order, five to one. Go. Right, because I, I messed that up last week. Yeah, you went in descending <laughs> order. Right. Okay, so number five, uh, Diddy Kong Racing. Wait a minute. Diddy Kong Racing? Love it. Love right, it. you got to look it up. Hold on. Diddy Kong. Well, that's well. I started with a T. got to get that out of there. Here we go. Diddy Kong. Yeah, you can't do that. Here we go. Diddy Kong Racing. Okay, 1997, single-player, multiplayer, the whole thing. Publisher is rare. It's a 4.4 out of 5 by GameStop. So if it went in there, what are they going to give me, 30 cents? Uh, 88, wow, this is a huge game according to the guys. That Wow. I didn't realize, I didn't even remember this game. People seemingly love this game. It's a great game. All right, you're off to a good start. This seems now. I I don't remember playing it. I might have, but I I don't remember it. So I, I I'm gonna guess I didn't. Boy, this has some high ratings here. Okay, you're off to a great start. Good. To continue. All right, now here's where it gets a little fuzzy, Ken, because my next four I love all dearly. Okay. So I guess I'll put at number four Mario Kart. I guess I'll okay, put number, number four. Number four. So number. Well, you you set a high bar there, buddy boy. Okay. Num- I just let let me continue. <laughs> yeah. Number three, uh, Crash Bandicoot. Number two. Number three is Crash Bandicoot. Yes, number three. 
Okay, now what's number two? Because you said number two and then you stopped, so you threw me off. What's number two? Number two would be Banjo-Kazooie. I've heard of that. Love I it. I have Banjo, eh, Banjo-Kazooie. All right. Again, it's, it's got to get great ratings. It's amazing what Google does because I, I looked up Diddy Kong Racing and then I went to Banjo and it went right to Kazooie because it's, it's like, <laughs> oh, he's, he's looking up video games. <laughs> I love that. Hey, don't, don't get on anything. They're not going to know. Yeah, we're born with a, we're born with a uh, social security number. We have to tell our address for everything that we go. Yo, Big Brother's not tracking you. Okay. All right, Banjo-Kazooie's number two. I never played it, but go right on ahead. What is your number one game billy super mario 64 super mario you're throwing me off with how you're saying mario i'm sorry ken i honestly i i don't mean to do that that's just the way i say it that's a new york thing super mario 64 1996 nintendo 64 got a 94 percent rating on metacritic great game okay uh impact and legacy on its wikipedia page there's a legacy here? Man, I don't remember any of this. Oh, my God. I just remembered another one. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. I just remembered another one. Hold on. I got to redo my whole top five now. This Uh-oh. is going to be – This is now this is going to be Helter Skelter. All right. What did you love about Mario 64, Super Mario 64? Honestly, I don't, I don't think there's anything not to like about it. Um, it's got a great storyline. Bowser's the ultimate bad guy. Yeah, you know, you got to go around collecting the stars. You got to fight off, you know, the different bosses from from the different worlds and everything. It's just it's a, it's a great game, Ken. It's a great game. And once you actually once you really get into it, you really can't put it down. It's okay. it's it's very it's very uh. It grabs you. It grabs your attention. Okay. Okay. Okay, so that's good. That's a good top five. Now, I'm sorry, I'm a little distracted because now i got to figure this one out. All right, here we go. You ready for mine? Yes. <sighs> okay, this one's out of the top five now. Turok Dinosaur Hunter. See, I, I may not be good with movies, but I know that game. I've played that game. There you go. He's, my buddy Matt across the street, who I think just got out of prison. Congratulations to him for just getting out of prison. Uh, he had a Nintendo 64 we used to go over, and I used to play Turok Dinosaur Hunter every afternoon. It was awesome. Uh, that's on the honorable mention list now. Also on the honorable mention list, it went down, Crash Bandicoot. Okay. I had Crash Bandicoot, but I got mad because it's one of the final games where if you die, you have to, like, go to the beginning. It doesn't just keep giving you a spot. At least the one I had for for uh, for PlayStation, the original PlayStation. It it like when I died and ran out of lives, I had to go back to the beginning. I never could pick up where I left off, and you just kept going at the same level. Uh, and so cr- I gave up on it. Crash Bandicoot, the first Crash Bandicoot, is very hard. Yes, and I, that's the first one I had, and I was like, man, this is just so hard, but I love it, and I love Crash Bandicoot. So Crash Bandicoot is on the honorable mention, but now no longer on the top five. Because at number five, I have to get this right, and I think I just messed this up, but that's okay. At number five, I have Sonic and Tails. The only problem is, is I just looked this up while you were talking, I don't think there was a Sonic and Tails video game. There might have been a video game that connected Sonic with Tails. Like, I, I, but I don't know what it was. Like, either it was Sonic 3 or Sonic 2 or Sonic 4, I wasn't I'm not sure of it. It was early 90s. I think it was Sonic 3 for Sony. 
or for Sega, I beg your pardon, for Sega. I thought there was a Sonic and Tails. It just says Sonic and Tails 2, Tails plays through. I used to love Sonic and Tails, okay? So that one's at 5, but it's kind of a half-ass, and I'm sorry. But I love that game. I used to go over to Andrew Klaus's house, and we played Sonic and Tails because he had a Sega Genesis. I didn't get a video game cassette, or I didn't get a video game system until, P- uh, until PlayStation. All right, number 4. Yeah, I did mess this up. Okay, number 4, I'll still keep it at Crash Bandicoot. Okay. At number three, Grand Theft Auto Vice City. Wow, great game. I'm not in on the hookers, though, so don't even start. (laughs) At number two, I wanted to put Tom Clancy's Rainbow Six. But I have to take it off the list now. It was the first first first-person shooter that I beat. I didn't love it as much as I love the next two. Are you ready? I'm very ready. GoldenEye was the best. Oh, I forgot about that one. You forgot about GoldenEye. That thing, that video game, that thing was the best. And you'd always play against somebody who was really good, and I think there's somebody on YouTube that can show you like everything that you can do. That game, I'm terrible at first-person shooters. We used to go over to my buddy's house down in the basement back in high school do what guys do in basements in high school, and then you play play Halo. But I was terrible at it. I can't do the thing where I, I'm, like, looking around with my head, but I can't do two or three things at once like a lot of people can do with first-person shooters. So, like, Halo or Call of Duty, I can't do any of it. I can't do any of those. Not your thing. Yeah, they're not my thing. Halo, I got – I hated Halo. I hated Halo because I was bad at it, and then my buddies would bitch my ear off about it. So I hated that. So GoldenEye was my was my big one. Now I had to change it out because you said Mario Kart could be in there. Mario Kart with a bullet, number one. So so with what, a bullet. So uh, what? Mario Kart running away. Running away, number one. Wow. Running away. Wow. It was it it was a coming of age tale for me. Mario Kart. When you think about it. I've played Mario Kart with so many different people. I have played Mario Kart with professional football players. I have played Mario Kart with girls I've dated. I've played Mario Kart with my wife. Mario Kart brings everybody together. Like there are people like Goldeneye. You got to be a you, you know you got to be a basically a adolescent male of the 1990s to really love Goldeneye, right? Yeah. Same thing with a lot of these video games. Mario Kart brings together everybody. I played Mario Kart in college with girls where, that I was with. I played Mario Kart, Mario Kart with my wife. If I was a cheating man, I'd probably play Mario Kart with my mistress. <laughs> I'll play Mario Kart with my sons. I'll play Mario Kart with my grandchildren. I'll play Mario Kart with the neighbors. I'll play Mario Kart with the mayor. I'll play Mario Kart with kings and queens. I'll play Mario Kart while dining in alleys on pork and beans. It is the perfect video game. Not too hard, not too easy if you want it to be. It connects people against people. It brings people together. It's perfect. And no matter where you are, think about this. It's just a it's just a character you're comfortable with. Everybody has a character. 855-2124-CBS. I'm serious about this. 855-2124-227. It is the perfect video game. Everybody has a character that they believe is the fastest character in the game. And that they use that character no matter what. As, as slow and plotting and stupid as I think Bowser is, 
there is a guy out there who got mad at me for saying that because he only took Bowser. There were people who loved Wario. I was a Toad man personally. There were people who loved Princess. Think about it. Everybody has, you said you took Yoshi, right? Yeah, I was the Yoshi guy, yeah. It is the perfect video game. Everybody has a character. It rarely comes to fists. Rarely. Sometimes I'm sure it has. I'm sure somebody's been hit in the mouth over Mario Kart. It's a video game. It's had to have happened. But it rarely comes to that. It is the perfect game for everybody. 855-2124-CBS, 855-2124-227. That is the top five. Billy, I thought this was going to be a total train wreck. You hit it out of the park. Well done, buddy. Thank you, Ken. Well done. 855-2124-227. If you got a favorite character out of that, fine. Let me hear it for Mario Kart. And he just just does not have a Hall of Fame reputation. I'm sorry. I don't think he's going to make it. And I think Andrew Filipponi is probably going to disagree with me coming up at 2, but I still get my say coming up at 140. It's some old-fashioned college football, and I also love the NFL because it's almost guilt-free with unmatched customer service. It's Ken Carmen on CBS Sports Radio. Right now it's the latest sports update with the always wonderful Erica Herskowitz. Okay, Ken. Well, there's a full slate of games on the baseball schedule this Saturday as the 60-game regular season rolls on. We take a quick check of the afternoon scoreboard. A couple games uh, in progress. Well, one just getting underway in the American League is the Orioles and Red Sox set to meet at Fenway. And in the National League right now, top of the first, the Brewers and Cubs are scoreless. Tonight, the defending world champion Nationals will look to bounce back from their rain-shortened season-opening loss to the Yankees when those two teams square off in the middle of three at Nationals Park. The Nats will be sending Steven Strasburg to the mound to face James Paxton, who's coming off back injury, but says he's fully recovered after throwing 84 pitches in five innings of a sim game on Monday. Well, the other night game has uh, the Diamondbacks visiting the Padres at Petco Park, where Robbie Ray will take the mound to face Denelson Lamette. The Blue Jays have finally landed a home. They are hosting their games at the AAA Park in Buffalo, New York, after being denied access to stadiums in Toronto and Pittsburgh. The Blue Jays' first home series against the Nationals was moved to D.C. while the stadium undergoes some modifications to meet Major League Baseball specifications. The field should be ready to go, though, for Toronto's home game against the Phillies on July 31st. It is all systems a go for NFL training camp, which is expected to start on time after the League and Players Association came to terms on safety protocols regarding COVID-19. Chiefs offensive lineman Laurent Duvernay-Tardif is the first player to officially opt out of playing this season because of the coronavirus. Duvernay-Tardif, who has a medical degree and has been working toward his requirements to become a doctor, plans on helping in the fight against COVID-19 instead of playing football. Washington quarterback Alex Smith was cleared to play after undergoing multiple surgeries for a broken leg. Smith hasn't played since November 2018. The Vikings gave head coach Mike Zimmer a uh, three-year contract extension through 2023. Now the NBA, where Zion Williamson returned to the NBA bubble. He's back in quarantine after leaving Orlando on July 16th to tend to a family emergency. Williamson should be back with the Pelicans Tuesday, just in time for Thursday's seeding game against the Utah Jazz. I'm Erica Herskowitz.
855-212-4227-855-212-4CBS. That's CBS Sports Radio's toll-free line. It's brought to you by the fine folks at GEICO. You can save 15% or more on car insurance. Get to GEICO.com. Fabulous people over there at GEICO. I promise you that much. Travis Pastrana starting again in the truck series. All right, I'm back in. I dig it. I love my racing, man. Yeah, Tom Thibodeau uh, ends up going to the New York Knicks, which that will certainly end his career here by, oh, I'd say around this time or, well, a little bit before this time. Yeah, give or take 11 months, and then uh, maybe we'll see him on TV again. 855-2124-CBS, 855-2124-227. I got a lot of tweets on Mario Kart. I just It's the perfect video game. It's perfect. Everything about it, old people, young people, everybody could play it. It's not hard. It's racing. It it's shells. It's cartoon characters. It's it's cartoon characters that people basically historically love. It's just a great thing. It's just a great thing. And everybody has one that everybody has a character that they love. Everybody has a character that they love. Like they have one that they think is just better than everybody else. Me personally, I was a toad man. I was a toad, toad guy. Uh, Bros of Stalin, <laughs> very nice tweet. Uh, says Mario was the, or Wario was the bleep. See Sparrow. I have buddies in high school twenty years ago. They hand over Mario Golf like WCW versus NWO wrestling, both for N sixty four. They got in fights over Mario Golf. That was a good one too. Uh, there are people who say that other people believe that Toad is the fastest. I still believe that Toad is the fastest. I love Toad, but there will be other people who say that Wario is better. Or the princess was better. Jason says, until the last lap, until you get taken out by red shells and then start fights. There, the one thing I might have got wrong about this is that more people got in fights than I thought. I always thought it was just the perfect video game, like there was some good-natured ribbon. Maybe you put some money down. I am absolutely guilty of gambling heavily on Mario in the past, Mario Kart in the past. The most money I've ever seen, and then I'll move on, the most money I've ever seen exchanged over a video game, and I know Billy's... Very busy right now, and I wish he could hear this because he's trying to get Filipponi on. Uh, the most money I've ever seen exchanged on a video game is $600 on Miss Pac-Man at a pizza shop back home. That was a sweaty night. I was glad to just be one of the people watching and not one of the actual participants, and the guy who lost had to get on the phone and explain to his wife, had to call his wife and explain to her that he lost $600 playing Miss Pac-Man. I'll have you know it's not happily ever after. I, I, I guess you would know why. 855-2124-CBS, 855-2124-227. I think that he might be worth it, except I don't think that he has the type of reputation that's needed. The question's going to be asked, and I'm sure that Pony will ask the question, about whether or not Antonio Brown gets into the Hall of Fame. I look at Antonio Brown, and I'm the first person who says, folks, it's the Pro Football Hall of Fame. It's not the Hall of Fame of good guys. And when I see Antonio Brown and all the accolades, four-time, first-team All-Pro, he led the NFL in receiving yards twice. He led the NFL in receptions a couple of times. He was on an all-decade team. He's a seven-time Pro Bowler. Not that Pro Bowls matter as much as they used to, but he's a seven-time Pro Bowler. And when I look at his stats, I think he's cost himself some numbers because currently he ranks, I think it's 34th 
in all-time catcher and all-time touchdown receptions with 75. I think he ranks somewhere at around 35th or 36th in all-time receiving yards at just over 11,000. Chad Johnson's around him. I think Roddy White's around him. There's a couple other names. And that's part of the problem is I don't think that those names are Hall of Famers. And since he played on such a prolific team, we believe, we would say that Antonio Brown should be a Hall of Famer. But from all the accolades, I don't see Super Bowl champion. I can't say a Hall of Famer. And so many people would say I'm wrong. But let me add this onto this. If Antonio Brown would have played a few more years, maybe Antonio Brown's a Hall of Famer. At one point, Antonio Brown was one of the biggest, most recognizable stars, and I mean stars, people who are well-liked in America. People loved him. Dancing with the Stars. He did mainstream Pepsi commercials. If you're doing a soft drink commercial that's one of the big two, you're doing right. He was in mainstream Pepsi commercials. People loved Antonio Brown. What he's become, and I think that he just did not want to admit to himself that he doesn't want to play football anymore, and I thought that a year ago, and I still feel this way, is that he doesn't want to play football anymore. He's finding trouble to be motivated to play football, and he thinks that he should play football, or a lot of people are telling him he should play football, and I don't think he wants to. I know he's remained in good shape. It's nothing for a guy to remain in good shape, I'm sure, and I believe that Antonio Brown loves working out and loves looking like a million bucks. I just don't think he wants to play football anymore. And he's starting to come to the reconciliation of that because he's 32 years old and he'll probably live into his 90s. And so he's got almost 60 years left, at least, worth what are you going to do for the rest of your life? And it's probably a problem for Antonio Brown because – a guy who was a six-round pick, he's probably done nothing other than play football and has been motivated to play football. And now he has things in his life, good, bad, ugly, whatever it is, but let's focus on the good things that I think that have caused him to do some bad things because he might not be motivated to play professional football anymore. But we're looking at legacy, and we're looking at Hall of Fame. And whether you want to admit it or not, reputation is part of that. Now, to a Steeler fan out there, maybe someday you'll be able to forgive. Right now, I don't think you do. And I think you probably have good reason to not like Antonio Brown because he kind of threw a wrench into your plans. And if you're a fan of the Raiders or you're a fan of the Patriots, you probably feel the same way as the, as the Steelers fans. And if you're a writer out there who is a voter for the Hall of Fame, you probably feel the same way those fans do. It's part of the reason why even if we start to let guys who have steroids histories in the past into the Baseball Hall of Fame, it's why I'm a little bit leery that Barry Bonds would ever actually have a chance. A lot of writers didn't like Barry Bonds. A lot of writers didn't like Roger Clemens. A lot of writers don't like a lot of guys. And if they're the people who are in charge of this, if they're the ones who are gatekeepers, good luck. I don't have a Super Bowl, so I don't have a natural list of people that, that you would start to put in because of that. I don't have multiple Super Bowls with Antonio Brown. I have great play, but the other problem that goes with this is that he plays a position that has a log jam. Quarterback and wide receiver for the Hall of Fame, we are starting to see a bottleneck unlike we've ever seen before. Championships mean more. Hardware means more. I have to have a championship out of you to almost consider you anymore for, for a guy who's a wide receiver to put into the Hall of Fame. The numbers mean less. The game has changed. The numbers mean less. Winning means more. I don't have a Super Bowl with you. There's nothing there. He's played in one, but there's nothing there. If there's hardware for you, 
then I can start to make an argument, like could be done for Lynn Swan and other guys. But if there's no hardware for you, and you don't have those big moments in postseason games, even though, yes, Antonio Brown does have them, but not at its highest level, at the game's highest level that culminates with him standing up on a stage and hoisting the Lombardi Trophy, I can't make a case when other guys will have. You're not known as a good guy. You're not known as a philanthropist. And I'm sure there are situations where Antonio Brown has been a good guy and been a philanthropist, but we don't pay attention to him the way we do guys like Larry Fitzgerald, who are seen and beloved by culture and by society as a wonderful person as well as a wonderful player and a person who will be a Hall of Famer because of that. Not just because of that, but because of their play, but it will help them along. A guy in Larry Fitzgerald who's played in one Super Bowl does not have a Super Bowl championship in that case, but will get into the Hall of Fame someday because of the other things that I mentioned. The numbers will be commiserate with what we look at in terms of wide receivers, and because he was such a well-liked guy and such a productive member of society and such a productive wide receiver for so long, he looks like he could get in. But in this case, we play favorites. We do. And writers... If you're one of the people who say, and this has been a touchy subject over the last few years, I know, if you're one of the people who think that media will push you in certain different directions and the people won't tell the real story, you look in professional sports, guys like me, writers like that, there are absolutely people who want to lead you to a different way because maybe an athlete wasn't what he was supposed to be. Maybe that guy was just a little bit of a jerk. It's worked that way for a lot of players. You aren't good to the media, they are not going to be good back when it's time. Antonio Brown has 60-some-odd years left on this earth, more than likely. He can have a great second act and have a great third act. He could be a guy that ends up being a fatherly figure or an uncle or a great-grandfather uncle, great-father figure or anything like that in his future. He could do that. And he could be a guy that, that is, ends up being beloved. It doesn't mean just because his career is ending in this way that he can't have another act. He can. He can, he can fix these things. We forgive. We love to forgive in this country. And we can forgive a guy like Antonio Brown. But because you didn't play at that level and won, and because things have ended like this, can't do it. The argument went on in Pittsburgh this week about Heinz Ward over Antonio Brown. Heinz Ward walks the walk. Played in Super Bowls, won championships, played at the game's highest level. To some people, including from where I'm at, I saw him in a different light. But, yeah, you know what? He's a good blocker. He's a good teammate, good leader, well-loved amongst his fans. And when you start to put people in to a Hall of Fame from that era, Heinz Ward's one of the guys you think of. Heinz Ward's a likable person that a lot of fans seem to like. As much as I may dislike him as a fan, I can't take away the good play. And I can't take away the... A lot of people who aren't fans like me of another team that really hates that team, a lot of people like that guy. He's on TV every single morning on headline news. At least he was. So there's a lot of things to like about that guy. So if I'm picking between the two, I can pick Heinz Ward. I can't pick Antonio Brown. The numbers, yeah, you're 35th all time. It's not that special. And in that position where the numbers are going to go up, 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 it's not as elite as it used to be. When I look at four-time first-team All-Pro, whoo, that's a lot. But when I see some of the wide receivers around you in your generation and some of the wide receivers to come, as you start to fade into your 40s, into your 50s, 
I don't know if I can give you such a great argument, even if you do become a great guy. He'll have to live with that. Big thanks to everybody who joined us today. Matt Snyder was wonderful baseball writer. Follow him on Twitter at Matt Snyder CBS. Ryan Wilson, you know I love Ryan Wilson, Pittsburgh guy in his own right. Follow him on Twitter. Coming up next, the great Andrew Filipponi for Kevin Wall, Billy Jack, Marco Belletti, Erica Herskowitz. I'm Ken Carmen. You guys have a wonderful weekend, my friends. Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friends at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. Now I have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseball isn't boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show. Players, managers, GMs, and yes, even the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcast. You'll be glad you did.